Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. This episode of Bonus Round, we're going to be talking about Metroid Prime Trilogy. Stay tuned, the show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. And we are podcasting straight from San Antonio, Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it bunts, bongs, dabs, joints, smoke it if you've got it. Although, Zachary, he isn't, uh, you're you're not calling from San Antonio, right? No, sir. I am in Southeast Georgia. Jessup, Georgia, today. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, we're branching out a little bit. I mean, we've had some guests from other uh, other states before, but this is a first time here for Zach. Um, we were actually we we started talking about this because we started talking about Metroid, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I saw a post that you made on Facebook, and uh, it kind of sparked it within me. I was like, oh, he's a Metroid fan. I, I got to message this dude, and it just kind of spiraled from there. So <laughs> it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. And then I thought, you know what? I've been wanting to talk about Metroid Prime for a while, yes. specifically the Metroid Prime trilogy for a while. So you know what? Let's just let's just do it. Let's. It's the um, this month actually is the anniversary of the very first Metroid game. Um, mm. let's see, Metroid, the original game was released. Hold on, I'm going to do a little bit of research here. <laughs> August sixth, nineteen eighty six. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So, um, as the time of recording, it is the ninth. So, that's still pretty fresh. Um, if you heard that just now, that was my daughter. I don't, I don't know if that picked up on the mic, but I heard her. So, you heard her? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it was Thirty-four years ago. A long time, man. That's crazy. And look at, hopefully, you know, with the hopeful soon release of Metroid Prime Four, we'll kind of get to see where it's come in this amount of time from like the little uh, 8-bit side-scrolling Samus just to, you know, what the Metroid Prime trilogy became. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, where it goes. And it's been a lot of history in the making, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. I I was super stoked whenever they talked about Metroid Prime 4, which apparently, uh, when they originally announced that it was going to be a new team of developers, but recently Nintendo made the decision to change it back over to Retro Studios, who were the developers behind the original trilogy, um, because what was being developed wasn't in line with the series' vision. And Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm actually kind of okay with that, because uh, I know Retro Studios did a good job. If Nintendo didn't like what the new developers were doing, then 
I'd like to see what retro will bring to the table. Yeah, I I wasn't too keen on the idea of uh, Retro Studios not having a hand in it, but I'm definitely all right with a delay for them to get back involved with it because I loved the original trilogy so much. And, you know, if you change the developing, the developing style, um, it just kind of takes away from the core essence of the games themselves. And, you know, like I said, I love them, so I'm really happy that they're doing this, and I don't mind waiting a, a little bit longer, you know? Yeah, I feel the same. I, I'm definitely happy to wait. I mean, look what happened with, like, um, God of War. You know, yep. that game that took years to develop, and I think a long part of that was probably just, just not developing anything at all, and so they kind of got, you know, their everything in order. So long wait times, you know, develop. We, we get good games as a result. Yep, and that game is beautiful, so they worth the wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, and Metroid Prime kind of has its own distinctive flavor, I think, that sets it apart from the Metroid series as a whole. I mean, there's still those key aspects. There's still that Metroid feel, but there are some clear differences, right? Mm, yeah, I, I feel like the first thing that I definitely noticed, especially with the first game, was, you know, the addition of the scan visor, just the ability to bring up a whole other visor where you could just collect data and information on everything that you see in the world. And it's it's different with the first game and the second game. Like with the first game, you have the little light orange and the dark orange blocks. Mm -hmm. And the second game and the third game, everything is highlighted. And it's like red if it's super important, if it goes in your logbook. But that that was the first thing I noticed. And I loved that. I was just that set it apart from the rest of the series to me. And I just, I loved collecting data and kind of forming the story myself with how I just scanned everything. Yeah, 100%. I feel like there's just this immersive feel uh, and mm -hmm. being able to see everything from Samus's perspective, having the first person view, which I think some people were kind of skeptical about, but ultimately we, we got a first person adventure, not just another first person shooter. But I did like the scanning. Um, some people maybe not as keen on it. Um, they don't feel like they feel like they're stopping the action um, and, and, you know, having to scan everything. But then again, you don't have to scan everything. Personally, I love it. I love finding out more of the story. I like going in and, and, and that's what you get. There's not much story if you don't scan. So you have to look around. You have to find the lore. You have to scan random things that maybe aren't even necessary for progression but give you more context. Uh, and, and, you know, for my style of gameplay, I always had a really interesting time with that. And there's something yep. that's different about Metroid Prime that's really cool about being able to, to do that, to just scan everything. And, you know, and I don't mind. It doesn't I don't feel like cut off from the action. At Not all. at all. I, if anything, it adds to it because there's a level of suspense that comes with like finding a piece of data. Like the first time you come to the phase on mines and there's like a room with a, a giant drill in it that you can use the boost ball to oh, spin yeah. around, you know, and there's like a missile expansion on the left side. The, it's an ice beam door uh, straight ahead. But there's a um, there's a pirate log to the right of the boost uh, beam station where you scan it and they start talking about, hey, Samus is here. Get ready because she the hunter is here. We have to deal with this. And because yeah. obviously they know that they're, probably no match for Samus, especially if the player knows what they're doing. So it, it's really cool to be able to see, you know, that level of fear that not only you as a player can have entering new areas and finding out new information, but that level of fear that they have knowing that you're there because, I mean, you're this, you're just this badass intergalactic bounty hunter that just takes everything on and just kicks ass, you know? So yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, I did like that level of interaction because, you know, the Metroid games as a whole, um, have, 
give you the feeling of being isolated. Of course, we have some mm-hmm. different e- examples. Metroid Prime 3 is one of those, which we'll talk about. Metroid Other M kind of does that as well. And, and there's even some aspects of that in Fusion where it, you're not as alone as you are in other games. But as a whole, the series does focus on this isolated aspect, which I think goes back to the origins. Uh, you know, Metroid was originally uh, actually based off of it. It was inspired by Alien. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and you know if you've ever seen the first Alien movie, I mean that's a very it's a very isolated film. I think in a lot of ways. Um, very much so. So I think and I love that aspect. And so you know having to have that interaction with the space pirates, for instance, when you scan and actually seeing you know logs that are about you and what you're currently doing and saying, oh, now I read this and it's because I'm here in this place or I've been interacting with this planet really gives you that level of feedback that's that's really cool. Uh, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes also kind of gets into it whenever you first enter the Space Pirate Base in Aegon Wastes. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll start with Prime 1. Um, One of the best games. I love it so much. That's my personal thing. I think I've beaten it like 15 times at this point. Wow. <laughs> I, I can't get enough of it, man. It's such a good game. It was the first really immersive and story-based game that I dove into as a kid. I think I was eight years old the first time I played it, and I just, it was beautiful, but it was also terrifying, and I had no clue what was going on. So it, it was is. just... It, it is terrifying. Like, there's kind of this, like, dark tone throughout. Um, I certainly had to turn the brightness up because it, it's just hard to see things, but that adds mm-hmm. to the atmosphere. And then the fucking Chozo ghosts. I know that they're not that hard to beat. Okay, it, it's like I think yeah, it's just a, it's a couple super missile shots, or you said a super missile on a charge beam, right? Yep, that's usually how I take them out. I think I came to that same conclusion whenever I've played with them before, but um, but the Chozo ghosts to me are still terrifying. I hate like the music plays, the the lights go out, and I'm yep. just like I want to get rid of these bastards as soon as possible. It gets really easy once you get the x-ray visor, but yeah. prior to getting the x-ray visor, it's just, it's annoying because you have no idea where they're going to pop up next. And like you said, the music is my favorite part. Like I, I think the first time you hear that music in the entire game is when you go into the pirate research facility in the Fendrana Drifts and the Metroid breaks out of its glass cage. Yeah. And that's, that's when you're like, okay. All right, this is what I'm going to hear when I'm uh, dealing with situations like this. And every single time, it doesn't matter where you are in the Chozo ruins, every time they pop up, that theme comes on and like, well, fuck, now I have to deal with these things. And (laughs) (laughs) That's a terrifying moment, too, in the Space Pirate Base and Fendrana Drifts. I remember, and that's where you get the thermal visor. So, yep. w- which does make fighting the uh, the Metroids and the and the Spice Pirates a lot easier. But I remember, yeah, when the spin the spin the, the Metroid pops out of the cage, and you haven't really faced a Metroid before in the <sighs> game. Nope, <laughs> this is the first time ever laying eyes on one. And my first thing was like, "Oh, this thing's kind of cute." And then it breaks out of the cage, and I was like, "Oh shit, no!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know how to deal with it, and I didn't want to shoot it because I kind of I like viewing the enemies and what they can do like it's not i mean yes sometimes i'll just try to kill them as soon as possible but i like seeing what the creators of the game had as far as ideas for enemy attacks and the first time the metroid like opened its tentacles and just flew at my face i was like oh shit and (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah you just had to figure out that you had to drop a bomb to get him off of you because yeah that (laughs) didn't know that until Get to go into morph ball, drop the bomb, and then and then to kill him, you have to freeze him and then missile him. That's that's the most effective way. Um, yep, or like six charge beam shots, and then they just explode violently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Metroids are um, 
uh, at the same time, like a cute and terrifying enemy because um, they'll just suck the life force right out from you. But I, I do remember that moment when, whenever you encounter the first Metroid. What and and, our, and I like what you said about you know you sometimes you want to kill enemies right away. But for me, my first instinct was I got to scan this shit. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah, I should have definitely said that because that got to get all the information. If you're not I going for one hundred percent, even you still want to scan the enemy because that's how you find out its weaknesses and how to beat mm-hmm. it. One hundred percent, and. I, <laughs> There were I love the different types of the same kind of enemies too, and you you see this especially in corruption. Well, I'm not sure we'll talk more about that later, but you have the different levels of pirates, like the space pirates, the uh, commando pirates, the airborne pirates, and God, those things are so annoying in Metroid Prime because if you get them down to just enough or where their health is low, they just suicide. They kamikaze you. Yes. <laughs> Or, or they'll go into hyper mode and shit. Now I gotta go into hyper mode, um, yep. which we'll, we'll talk about. But but yeah, no. And I remember, especially in Prime Three, whenever you have to scan the pirates for the first, you know, I had to open up the scan visor every time pirates came up because I mean they all kind of looked the same, so I was never sure which mm-hmm. one was a new enemy that I'd never faced before and which one wasn't. And with it, the Prime series as a whole, you have to be careful because there are some one-time scans or some enemy scans that are just missable. The enemy just just uh, just doesn't appear later. That happened to me. Um, when I beat Metroid Prime, I beat it almost 100% aside from one logbook scan. Came to find out it was the Ice Shriek bat in Fendrana Drifts, which in certain versions of the game, I think in the NTSC versions or in the PAL versions, one of those, which I think the Prime Trilogy is the PAL version, um, but yeah, in, I think so. yeah. In, in one of those, the the uh, enemy disappears forever after you get the the either the thermal visor or the X-ray visor, so it it's a missable scan. And 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 for me, I mean, that was kind of a missable scan for no reason. Like I understand with the boss, okay, I understand with the lore in the beginning and the frigate, you know, that's that's different. But it kind of did cheese me <laughs> finding out that there was this one enemy that just doesn't show up again, and I was like, shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, it always infuriated me because I, I don't think – I think Metroid Prime 1 is the only game where I've gotten all the scans. Metroid Prime 2, there was just so much stuff. And there's, like, differences in the Shriek Bats. You know, like you were talking about earlier, in each area, there's, like – like, in the Sanctuary Temple in Metroid Prime 2, there's those electronic Shriek Bats that show up um, near uh, – what is it? It's the first time you come in contact with the spider ball track, uh, yeah. where the dark the dark other portal to the left, and you they so they drop down, and you have like literally less than half a second to scan them, or you miss it, and they're gone. Really? Yeah. So yeah. That, it, it makes me so angry. The shriek bats die so quickly because they they kill themselves trying to get you. Yeah. So there are a few enemies that are like that. Um, I know, or the the in Metro Prime Two, the Alpha Splinter. And you have to scan it before it turns into the dark alpha splinter. You only have a few seconds before it does it. (laughs) But Metro Prime 1 definitely, um, one one criticism I'll offer is that I I don't like the way, like you said, with the orange squares. Uh, It does make it a little bit harder to figure out what's scannable. So I am happy that they improved upon that in the other two games. Um, And with the full outlines and, and actually clear distinctions, instead of you had like orange and red, now you had, you know, blue, uh, or red, you know, which denotes. And I think Prime 3 even separates it maybe a little bit further, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or, or, no, they changed it a little bit. They changed, they, they turned, like, enemy scans and or boss scans into red. 
But anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, they definitely do. I actually just finished Prime 3 uh, about half an hour before we started recording. Again, I, I finished it, and that was actually my first time 100%ing the game. And the heavy bosses are the red scans, and sometimes you'll get uh, the red tokens mm-hmm. for scanning them, and sometimes you'll just get, you know, it added to your logbook. But uh, most of the stuff, if it was important, it was either blue or red. If you'd already scanned it, just like in the other game, or green. in Echoes, it turns green, and yeah. Yeah. For me, I just like scanning everything, so for the most part, I didn't miss things, but I, re- I do remember there are some things I missed. I missed the Ice Shriek Bats. The first time I played Prime 1, I didn't quite beat it, but I, was, I, got, to, I got to phase on Mines, and I think I gave up because I realized that I couldn't get 100%, and it just cheesed me. <laughs> because I, I missed... There were some fucking... I think it was the fucking barbed war wasps in the incinerator drone fight. Because there's... There's the ram war wasps that only show up in the one fight where you get the missile. And then there's the barbed war wasps that only show up in the incinerator drone fight. And if you're not careful, I mean, they just look like fucking war wasps. I didn't think yep. any different. <laughs> oh, man. Now that, you, now that you've said that, I'm kind of mad. I'm like, did I, did I get that? <laughs> well, in the Prime Trilogy, which is the version you and I both play, right? The, with the yeah. controls. They, yep. It does tell you when you get 100% logbook scans. So you'll know. I remember whenever I was fighting Dark Samus and at the end of Prime Two, every time I, I got that final scan, it, it would it would tell me hundred <laughs> percent. Oh man, that means I'm definitely gonna have to go back through. And plus, yeah. I have to go back through all three games on hyper mode because I haven't done that yet. And so that I'll try to make sure that I collect everything. I started playing Prime One on hyper mode. That's where I actually went back and I got that Ice Shriek Bat scan. And for me, I'm going to consider it 100% because I got through the game 100% almost, got every single scan, every single pickup, every single scan except for one. And then what I did is I played played up to the point where I get to Fendrana Drifts in Metroid Prime 1 and I scanned the Ice Shriek Bat when the Ice Ruins. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And I got the token. It was like 100% scans. Okay, good. So I will say Prime 1 is the easiest to get all of the logbook scans because I think there's the smallest amount. At the same time, it's the easiest to miss one or two. Um, Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) Especially, you know, the the first time I played through the game, when you first interact with the Hunter Metroids, I think it's in the quarantine lab of the Phazon Mines. Mm -hmm. I think that's where you first run into them. I think so. I didn't scan those. The first time I played through the game, I was just like, oh, these things are terrifying. I got to kill them. And then I fought the Omega Pirate and, you know, I, I never went back and I scanned those Hunter Metroids and it infuriated me. The Fission Metroids, I got those. And those things suck. Those things suck. If you don't kill oh them right away, they split up. And then God. before long, you can get in, into completely unmanageable because they can split up and then they can split up and it's yep. just a mess. But Power bombs are helpful in that area, though. They just take yeah. them out in one hit. And I... I I'll use the power bombs in the final fight with Metroid Prime because when he'll spawn those pools of phase on and the Metroids come out, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think I did the same thing. The Metroid Prime fight is actually really cool. I like It's an amazing fight. So good. Emperor Inc. kind of mirrors a lot of that, too. But in the, the Metroid Prime fight, you just um, you have to switch you know, to the to the beam to fit its weakness, which you had to toy yep. around with with the space pirates before. But it was really fun switching between the beams, at least in the, the first half of the fight, the the outer shell. Yeah, I found it really interesting, and I, I really liked how 
his attacks kind of were centered around what beam you were using. You know, I, of, of course, like if he's red, you got to use the plasma beam. If he's white, you got to use the ice beam, but you know, like you could actually freeze him if you had the ice spreader, which is underneath uh, one of the bridges in the Magmore caverns. If you have the ice spreader and you hit him in the face with it, it'll freeze him for a second and it'll automatically transition into uh, the part of the fight where he like charges you and you have to go into the trenches underneath him mm-hmm. and roll underneath him. It'll, like knock his health down even quicker than that so i i I love that aspect and you know he'll like drop pick up orbs where he'll shoot those uh what are they energy orbs that they'll float up and you can just take them out really quick and get those pickups for lost ammunition it's it's great yeah and um yeah i I did i remember getting all of the charge combos and they're not as useful as you think they would be but against certain bosses, when a boss has a particular or an enemy has a particular weakness to that one, then you're like, fuck yeah. So I, I remember, I think with Metroid yep. Prime, I was spamming charge combos. So when it was power beam, I was spamming super missiles. When it was the ice beam, I was spreading, I was using the ice spreader. Um, yeah, you can take out the Omega Pirate in four shots with the ice spreader. Really? If you time it right. Yeah, because the first time, the first time you uh, destroy all of his limbs, and he like calls in the space pirates with whatever he says. It's like rawr, rawr, rawr. I, don't, I have no idea. How to. <laughs> and then he goes invisible, and you wait for him to. You hear the little noise, and you know he's. You can see him with the X-ray visor. You shoot him once. He'll take that. He'll take a fourth damage. Like you'll knock out twenty-five percent of his health right there. And then he'll spawn a second time on the other side of the room, and you can hit him again with the ice spreader. And you've you've gotten him down in one cycle, and he's he's halfway gone. He's dead. He's almost dead, and then you do it a second time, and you can win the fight in like five minutes. Yeah, well, that's and you really can cool. just yeah, it's really cool, and you don't even have to worry about the space pirates because when he does his ground pound, the shock wave, it kills them all. So he, it's like he doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, I asked you guys to help, but you're dead, so fuck all of you. <laughs> Get out yeah. of my way. I got this woman. I, I like I like that you found different ways of fighting. You know the bosses pr- pretty quickly because from what I understand, Prime One is a game that is meant to be played and, and you gonna try you try to sp- speed run through and play through it as quickly as you can collecting everything along the way yep. um i think a lot of metro games are built that way although two and three not as much but metro games overall i think are meant to be sped run i mean that was one of the original requirements for clearing the original metroid was um it was based on item percentage and and how quickly you beat the game uh, and this carries over to all the games is, is you know you get a different ending um, yeah so I think in Prime, the Prime series, it's just based on collectibles. But still, I think in, in the very first game, Prime 1, being able to speedrun. In fact, I mean, there's a lot of um, the, the, the term for sequence breaking actually originated from Metroid Prime. That's yeah. where the term originated. And people started, you know, talking about sequence breaking in that spawned a community was finding ways of, in some cases, glitching the game to, to get through it more quickly and, and or... or um, collect as few items as possible while going through (laughs) yeah um i remember there there's a glitch where you can get the space jump boots literally as soon as you land on talon four like there's a there's a starburst plant that you can lock onto and you just dash to the right i think it only worked on the gamecube version though they patched it for the trilogy and that made me really sad i'm sure they did i remember in the gamecube version of echoes i actually um there's something that happens if you fuck up you can get locked out of the caretaker class drone fight and the game is bricked um and so i was actually trying to sequence break to 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 complete the game because in sanctuary fortress there's another part where you can you can you can actually sequence break by jumping across a gap that you're supposed to grab uh grapple beam across the opposite way 
So <laughs> I was trying oh, to wow. sequence break to continue <laughs> playing the game, but I didn't work. I ended up having to restart the entire game. It, it really pissed me off. Yep. I got all the way to yep. Sanctuary Fortress, and then I had to restart the entire game. So Yeah, and the first two temples on that game. I, okay. Now, I love Metroid Prime 2. Do not get me wrong. I'm not going to just absolutely take a fat shit on this game. But I cannot stand the Torvus Bog. I despise it. Because it just feels long. Yep, it feels so long and drawn out. It really doesn't get interesting to me until you get um, the gravity boost. uh, Fighting the Alpha Blog at the bottom of the... Oh, what? The chamber? And so, it's just, you know, with how often the areas lock up and you have to fight those dark commando pirates and mm-hmm. you literally have to beat them before you can leave the area. It's and they just, show it's up everywhere in Torvus Bog. They're the everywhere. Chozo ghosts of that game. Yes, they are. And they're so annoying and they're so much harder to kill unless you have the dark visor. And by the time you get the dark visor, they're easy because you can just stay locked on to them. But you yeah. have to beat the temple before you get that. So, Yeah, you have to use the dark visor, which is that game's equivalent of the x-ray visor. Um, yep. I mean, I guess we'll get into to, to Prime 2 Echoes now, which is, I think, I have a hard time saying, because it's, it's really hard to say what my favorite game is of the series, because I love them all for different reasons, but there's something that's always drawn me to Echoes, and I'm not sure what it is, but it, it does feel very different from Prime. A lot of people see it as kind of a, a dark sheep of the franchise, and then Corruption has its own differences as well, which we'll get into, but um, Prime 1 definitely does feel a lot more like regular metroid games it has that mm-hmm. feel you go through areas you backtrack through areas um multiple times you know i remember in the very beginning of the game you got to go through you got to you get on talon four then you got to go through chosen chozo ruins get the various suit go to magmore caverns run through magmore caverns to get the fendrana drifts you get the boost ball and fendrana drifts then you run back through magmore caverns back to talon back to talon four overworld and then yep. you get the space jump, and then you got to run all the way back through Magmore Caverns back into Fendrana Drifts. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it's like the first time you go to Fendrana Drifts, there's a lot of uh, missile expansions in, encased in ice, and you can't get them until you get the plasma, plasma beam, beam way later in the game. That's like deep in the heart of the Magmore Caverns, and you just you look at them for ninety percent of the game. Like there's an energy tank in the Fendrana Caves. Uh, it's like the 12th or 13th one that you can collect, but you have to stare at that thing the entire game and you can't get it. It yeah. teases you. and that kind of about. stuff. Yep. There's a lot of backtracking, and that's kind of a staple of the Metroid franchise or Metroidvania-style yep. gameplay overall. And for better or for worse, some people hate, like it, some people hate it. Um, I, I definitely never minded it. I liked, you know, because I and I'm a huge fan of the Zelda series, so I liked going yep. back to areas and using new items that I got. In fact, for me, Metroid has always kind of felt like Space Zelda. Um, <laughs> a little bit I more, like that. <laughs> a little more action oriented, but uh, you know, there's more focus on the combat. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it, it has a lot of the same type style of gameplay. You have puzzles that are solved by gaining new items, and when you gain new items, you can access areas that you weren't able to access before. Mm-hmm. Um, but Metroid does focus a lot more on the backtracking. Prime 2 and Prime 3 kind of differ from Prime 1 in that. Um, I will say there's a lot less backtracking. The area, the, the game is a lot more segmented, especially Prime 2. I mean, you go to, uh, you, you start in the Temple Grounds, then you go to Aegon Waste, then you pretty much stay in Aegon Waste. Then you go to Torvus Bog. There's one part where you go back to Aegon Waste for a little bit, but you go right back to, to, the, to the Torvus. All right. Yeah. And then you get to Sanctuary Fortress. There's, I think at different points in the game, you do go back to Aegon and you do go back to Torvus, but you mostly spend the time in, in Sanctuary. Um, 
aside from having to you know when you go to Torvis to get the power the power bomb and the um yeah after getting the spider ball mm-hmm. but and there's you have to backtrack to the uh i think it's the Aegon waste where you get the sunburst the 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 power up for the light beam is it Aegon waste or is it the overworld i, I think you get it in, in, in temple grounds, grounds. Yeah. temple grounds yeah yeah, and, and the dark burst is an egg is an egg on though. And there you go. Yeah, I think so. Is the uh, the sonic boom? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I love that weapon so much. It's no. so cool the way it causes a prism effect on the screen. It's it's really nice and it's fast. But the charge combos yeah. definitely don't feel as useful as they can be because you get them like so late in the game that it's mm-hmm. almost you know. I mean, well, I did. I, I, I gotta say, I mean, I guess you, you could you could go after the sunburst and the dark burst pretty early on, but in this playthrough, I, I didn't get them until the end. Um, one thing that is is different about Metri Prime Two, I guess we'll talk about that. Um, there's a couple major differences that set it apart. Uh, one yeah. thing is the beam ammo. You have light beam ammo and you have dark beam ammo. Some people hate it. I didn't mind it because getting ammo is not that hard. If you're low on one, you just shoot the other. So yep. there's there's always unlimited ammo, and you're never completely it, unlimited. You can charge it to use it if you're out. Yeah. Um, and then you get the annihilator beam late in the game in Sanctuary Fortress after beating Sanctuary, and you have to, uh, and it uses both light and dark ammo. Um, but that, that beam is, is awesome, you, though. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, and, and that is definitely the best beam in the game. It has, unlike Prime One, where the power beam has the greatest rate of fire, and Prime Two, the annihilator beam has the greatest rate of fire. It is fast, and so is the sonic boom. It's instantaneous.
I really like the Annihilator Beam because you don't have to lock on to enemies for it to home in on them. Like, if you're in a rush and there's a lot of enemies attacking you, you can just switch to it real quick and just rapid fire, and it'll just take them out really quick. It definitely came in use, came useful in the uh, in the Emperor Ink fight. I will say, though, yes. what pissed me off is I would use the Annihilator Beam to, um, <laughs> to, 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 to set traps for enemies using the Light Crystals and Light Beacons. But the problem is, is that it always tries to lock onto the enemies when I try to do that. But it's the best thing in the game. Once you get the annihilator beam, you could you could you could just fuck off because you, you just can annihilate. Kill, <laughs> you can kill all the ing easily because mm -hmm. all you have to do is it's so funny whenever you you so whenever you shoot a light, uh, I guess we gotta explain the light crystals and the light beams too or beacons yeah, you too. But shoot a light crystal, they come to it. Yeah, you shoot the light crystal, <laughs> and they're they're both lured to it. But they also die as soon as they touch it. So I just get this moment of haha, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you can going back to the scans, like the light crystal, the darkened light crystal. When you hit a light crystal with the dark beam, it encases it and you can't use it. The nullify um, crystal. The, the nullify crystal. There crystal, you go. Yeah. Yeah. All of them are different scans that you can pick up, and I loved discovering that because the my last run through of Prime Two was actually when I discovered that I was like, oh, these are all different scans and the what? beacons too. Yeah, so there's six in total, but you can do that same trick early on if you just use the dark beam to nullify the crystal and then the light beam as soon as they get close. But I don't mm -hmm. think I took it really advantage of it until I got the annihilator beam, and I, it was just so fun. Just one shot, they get lured, but but they also died. <laughs> it's fucking yep. stupid. But <laughs> that that is another aspect of the game. And 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 Prime Two, you uh, there's two worlds. There's the light world and there's the dark world, kind of like a link to yeah. the past, right? Or mm -hmm. light ether and dark ether. Dark ether's atmosphere is corrosive, and it constantly causes you to lose health while you're there. Um, which, yep. you know, it can be stressful. It's not too bad once you get the dark suit, which you get early in the game. You know, after beating Aegon, it's it's not too hard actually because you can you can get through it. Just losing about a, a, a an energy point per second. And then the yep. light suit at the end of the game completely nullifies that effect. But I remember in the in the very beginning, running through in the various suit, it's it's pretty stressful. You have to be careful. You can't fight enemies along the way. You're rushing from one beacon or crystal to another. And, and yeah. those safe zones are, you know, these light crystals. Um, and then the light beacons, which are just temporary. So you have to constantly keep an eye. And at least when you're in the safe zones, your health does regenerate, which is good. So at the end of the game... Thing when you get the light suit, it's actually kind of a bonus because when you're in the dark world, you can regenerate. Yeah. The light suit is actually one of my favorite suits from the entire trilogy too, Design just because so of cool. the way. Yeah. I mean, she could literally shank somebody with her kneecaps. Like <laughs> those <laughs> things are so spiked. And I like the three orbs of light on her chest. I also love the fact that you can ride beams of light yes. with that suit. The entryway to a sanctuary temple, there's a beam of light that you can ride up to the top, and there's an energy tank just waiting for you. Yeah. And I didn't know that until I accidentally ran into it after Same. getting the light suit. I accidentally walked into it, and there was a cutscene, and I was like, wait, what? And she teleports up, and at first I thought I died. I had no idea what was happening. And so when I appeared, and there's an energy tank in front of me, I'm like, Huh, I can do this. Nice. And then later on, when you're hunting the Sky Temple keys, of course, at the entryway to the Sanctuary Temple in the Dark World, um, you have to ride the Beam of Light and use the Screw Attack to get across and kill the Ink Cache and get the Sky Temple key. I think that's like the sixth or seventh one that you have to find. So the Beams of Light and the um, 
flight suit aspect of the game are, are really cool. I love it. And I spent most of the game just looking forward to getting that suit. Yeah. It's so nice. So the light suit is definitely a badass design. I like the design of the dark suit as well. And I, you better like it cause you're going to spend most of the game in the dark suit. Um, yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not like that suit you don't at like all. It, so. No, not particularly just cause her, her shoulder pads look like just rings. I don't like it the way they're forward instead of to the side. I've always, I've always liked the way the various suit shoulder pads looked like, since Prime was the first game I played, the normal power suit, it, when you got the when you beat Falegra and you got the various suit, that was just a huge step up. And then the dark suit just kind of, you know, took that away from me. Plus, I, I also was angered how it didn't really... I mean, it helps you when you're in Dark Aether, but it only slows down how much damage you take. It doesn't actually help you, which made sense, but it was still aggravating, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I um... I like how the in the first game in Prime One, all the different suits are just um, are just different color schemes. I mean, yeah. you get the various suit, which which does look different, um, owing to the fact that and then that actually the reason why the various suit has those big shoulder pads is actually because in Metroid Two, um, in the original Metroid One, the the different suits were just recolors. But in Metroid Two, they had to make a distinction with the various suit because it was it's a black and white game on the Game Boy. Mm -hmm. So yep. that's actually where those distinctive shoulder pads came from. Just a little history lesson. <laughs> but um, I like uh, how, in, in after that, you know, the gravity suit's just a recolor, and the phase one suit's just a recolor, which looks badass. Um, oh, yes. And, and the, the phase one suit, suit is actually what becomes Dark Samus. The series is actually, the Metroid Prime as a title works for the whole series because the main antagonist is Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime inhabits the, the phase on suit, and then um, becomes Dark Samus, who becomes uh, kind of a, a minor antagonist and the final boss of Metroid Prime 2, but then the, the final antagonist of Metroid Prime 3. Which you don't really learn that unless you 100% the first game. Exactly. Because if you 100% the first game, you get the cutscene at the end where you see the bubble of what's left of Metroid Prime, and you see the hand stick out with the eye that opens up and starts looking around, and you're like, okay... This, all right, this is where Dark Samus comes from, and I'm ready for Metroid Prime 2. Let's get it. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, it's so good. Yeah, I agree. I like, And I like how at the end of Metroid Prime 2, when Sam Dark Samus is kind of unstable, you see Metroid Prime's face from the, the inner, the core. Mm -hmm. So there's yep. definitely that clue there. I don't know if Samus ever figures it out, but... Um, and in Metroid Prime 3 actually kind of caps off that whole story because it explains that Metroid Prime was the guardian for the Leviathan Seed on Talon 4. Yep. And Emperor Ng was the guardian for the Leviathan Seed on uh, on Ether. So it kind of wraps up and there's this whole self-contained story. Um, it, it, I think they call it the, the, the Galactic Phazon Crisis. It's just kind of a, uh, you know, that overarching story arc. Um, and in Prime, the Prime games do take place between Metroid 1 and Metroid 2. And you might yeah. think that it's not important that the Metroid series doesn't really need a timeline, but it is important because at the end of Metroid 2, Samus exterminates every Metroid aside from one, and then at the end of Super Metroid, that Metroid dies. Of course, they manage to throw them in in every game via Galactic Federation experimentation or whatnot, but um, I think in Fusion, don't the, don't the X-Parasites mimic the Metroids or something? Yeah, essentially because they latch on 
and they drain the energy from you. But Samus, with her first encounter, which causes her to crash her ship, once she goes through that surgery, her body can now absorb them and yeah. they benefit her. So I Fusion, I love Fusion so much. That's actually the first Metroid game I ever played. And I had no idea what the series was even about. And so the first cutscene where you see Samus take out the little creature and the X-Parasite floats up and takes over her body, you're just... What? What is happening? What is? <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh my god! Time was my first Metroid game, but I didn't actually get too far into it. Um, I think Fusion was one of the first games that I really, like, really got really far into. Yeah, um, yeah, that game, amazing. Because there's that difficulty curve with Prime and no direction whatsoever, so you're re- really sure what to do, unless yeah. you, you know, fuck around too long and then the map tells you, okay, here, go here. Um, and that's an aspect that's in all three games. I do like that. There's no, um, well, Prime 3 does have a lot more uh, uh, of that, like, go here, do this. But I like how Prime 1 and 2, and Prime 2 kind of does tell you generally where to go. So, yeah. But I, I do like, as a whole, how the series kind of allows you to explore. And then if you spend too long in one area, then they're like, okay, you're fucking around. Here's what you got to go do. And they give yep. you kind of a hint. Luminoth technology here, you know, or Chozo technology here. Okay, cool. So, I... I... I did not like the way they did it in Metroid Prime 2. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, they had to put it in there for the gamer that didn't understand where they were going. But they gave literally no context. With Metroid Prime 1, um, the first time you get that notification to go check out like where the Hive Mecha is and you get the first missile, you know, it's a seismic activity detected. You know, like there's rumbling over here. Okay, that makes sense. Let me go check it out. But... Um, just re- Luminoth technology. Like there, nobody ever told me about any of this. Why am I going over here and getting this? It's just random. It just appears yeah. out of nowhere. So I, I didn't like that that much. But at the same time, I understood, and I was like, okay, this is just to give players a jump, let them know where they're supposed to go. And um, but going back to talking about that, Metroid Prime Three honestly feels like the most linear of all three games. It feels like you constantly are being told, okay, this is where you're going. You need to do it, and Honestly, you backtrack a little bit, but not too much. I think the most backtracking in the game you do is having to go back to Skytown to get the boost ball and then the spider ball. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Metro uh, Prime 3 does have a lot less backtracking. Again, like Prime yeah. 2, it's more segmented. You go, okay, now I'm going to go to Norion. Now I'm going to go to uh, Brio. Now I'm going to go to uh, Skytown Elysia. Now I'm going to go to the Space Pirate Homeworld. Uh, and it's the first game that lets you uh, go to each to go to different planets and, 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 and use your ship. Use your ship, which was really cool. Prime Three Ultra also introduced the you know the Wii control system, which honestly works perfect. A lot of people feel that Wii games, you know, as a whole, are kind of gimmicky and they don't you know, and the motion controls aren't aren't quite um, you know just, yeah. just kind of detract from it. But I've heard. Overall, the people are pleased with the way that the Metroid Prime series was held with Prime 3 and then the Prime Trilogy remakes, um, which I think is superior to the GameCube version. I mean, yeah. you can point anywhere you need to shoot. It's so much easier. Of course, when, when I was having difficulty with my sensor bar, it was kind of annoying, but <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I have understand a wireless that. sensor bar, and if it runs out of battery, you're kind of fucked. you got to hold it up like <laughs> right here to the screen to make it work. But other than that... You know, um, it, it works pretty flawlessly. So I'm wondering if how they're going to treat the that system in Metroid Prime 4. 
I think what would be ideal is to give players a choice if you want to use the dual sticks on the Nintendo Switch or if you're if you're not playing in handheld mode to have the option to use the Joy-Cons and point at the screen. Either the Joy-Cons or they have the gyroscopic movement. Yeah. Where kind of like they did in Prime 1, but they also give you the dual analog option. Like if you have all three of those choices, I feel like it'll be perfect. You know, it's kind of like you customize your own Metroid Prime 4 experience. Okay, you've played the first three games and you've experienced different types. Now you choose. You've waited long enough. You figure out how you want to play it. Like I... Oh, I could talk about that game for days, man. I, I, what I want it to be, what I hope is in it. As oh man, I'm so excited. And you know, I've heard rumors of September 2021, but mm, I don't know. Not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it, with the the trilogy, I think the tr- there should be a trilogy re-release on Nintendo Switch as well, using the new control system, whatever they you know decide to go remastered with, and actually remaster it. Because from what yes. I understand. The, the trilogy remake on the Wii is just they're just the of the first two games is just ports. They're not really remastered. Yeah. Let's remaster all three games. Let's do uh let's do a consistent UI across all three games or a more consistent mm-hmm. UI so that um or and uh and, and like heads up display so that, that way, you know, you kinda have this more seamless experience between all three yeah. games. Um I, I think that, that that would honestly be the best way to do it. Um and also fix some things. Like no more missable enemy scans, please. Like I get it. Yeah. If it's a boss, fine. Okay. Like if it, or if it's an enemy that shows up during a boss fight, I get that. It's a one-time scan. But like enemies that just disappear after a certain amount of time, that's bullshit. Come on. <laughs> you wanna, yeah, you need to be able to go back because not everybody's going to catch that every single time. And, and, and if they rip the up. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if they rip the opportunity for you to get that important missable scan, it kind of takes away from the game because you get to the end, and you're like. Well, I, I've done all this work, but I'm at 99%, and there's no way I can finish it. And so either you have a dedicated heart and strong will, and you go back and you do it all again, or you're just like, man, fuck this. I'm done. I can't. Well, with the Prime Trilogy, <laughs> at least your scans carry over. Yes. Which benefited me. That's why I made the exception that I did with Prime 1. I was like, well, my scans carry over, so as soon as I scan this Shriek Bat, it's going to tell me that I got 100%. And it did, yeah. which is good. So I, I did like that aspect. Um, but I, I would say, yeah, fix that so that there's not as many missable enemy scans and also fix the scanning in Prime 1. I really feel like they could totally implement the full object scanning and that would make that game, you know, optimal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 100%. But yeah, with uh, Prime 3, they did introduce the new controls. I felt were too gimmicky. I felt, um, although I did feel that some of the extra like challenges, like pulling the energy cells out and some of those other um, you know, uh, Wii Remote uh, mechanisms, you know, were, were uh, a little gimmicky. Some of them don't work as well. Like when you have to point the, put the, point the Wii Remote to, like, for, toward and from the screen, it doesn't usually <laughs> you work. You have to pump in and out, and you're like, oh, I'm like, come on. The twisting wasn't too bad. I, I kind of thought that was interesting. But yeah, when you're pulling the energy cells out of the wall ports and you just twist, pull, and um, also, I had a lot of issues, the transit systems in the pirate homeworld, where you have to lift the Wii Remote up, and it'll yeah. automatically slide to the right, and you have to lift it down. There was one part where I, <laughs> it was actually earlier this morning when I was about to go to phase, um, I pulled it up, and it went to the right, and then I went down, and then it started like spasming a little bit, and uh-huh. just kind of went up and down, like, I was like, this, what? <laughs> so, yeah, you're, the gimmick, gimmicky is the perfect word for that because I saw what they're trying to do and it's really cool, 
but the fluidity of it, it's not very smooth. So. Right. <laughs> those 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 were a little unnecessary, but they're not too bad. They don't hamper the game in any way. Yeah. Um, I also... Shit, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Prime 3 does feel a lot more linear to me, I will say. Um, and not having the not having switchable beams and not having the uh, like super missiles power power bombs was kind of a letdown. Although yeah. the, the beam stacking system is a staple of about in half of the games, so mm -hmm. I mean it's not really that big of a deal. Hyper mode, I actually kind of enjoyed. Um, I just wish there was more that you could do in hyper mode, and I wish that the game didn't rely on as much with hyper mode. Because one of the things that frustrated me is when you're fighting a boss. Right, that requires mm -hmm. you to use hyper mode, but your health is too low. What the fuck are you supposed to do? Uh, you have yep. to wait for the boss to, to do, use an attack that get, that generates some pickups, and really tried hard to not die. <laughs> it just adds length to the game, and it kind of sucks, especially when you're trying to do a quicker run, and you have to wait, and it's it's stupid. But it's just I, I also didn't really like the fact that I mean, yeah, the hyper abilities were really cool, like the hyper missile, the hyper beam, or the hyper grapple, excuse me, and the hyper ball. But I didn't like the fact that you had to beat the main Leviathan seed to get them. I, I wish that there were more. You know, I, I guess I don't really know what they could have done, but I wish that there were more, you know, iconic weapons that you could have gotten more more valuable stuff because it felt like it was kind of a letdown. I feel like I would have rather found like hyper missiles in the middle of just exploring Brio or, you know, if I go in hyper mode and something happens and I fire a missile at the wall and it just creates some sort of, I don't know. I'm just bursting yeah. ideas at the seams here, but it was kind of, for me, it was a letdown beating the seeds and you just get a hyper ability because hyper ball, you just literally shock the area around you and it, I mean, yeah, it does a lot of damage, and it's it's a really good thing to have once you're in phase because you have to have it in order to get down to where Dark Samus is, but I don't know. I just, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely, I think the hyper mode uh, abilities were meant to replace, like, super missile, power bomb, because you have your hyper ball, you have your hyper missile, but at yeah. the same time, they're not, it, it, those are iconic items that... I, I didn't feel like the hyper mode abilities really um, completely replaced. And yeah. I wasn't really sure what the point of the ship missile expansions were. I mean, aren't there only maybe a couple instances where you even use the ship missile? Oh, man, don't even get me started on the fucking ship missiles, man. I hate them so much. <laughs> I think the ship missiles were supposed to replace power bombs because you are you use them to just do massive explosive damage like can you, can you do that at any time because i only thought there were just certain points in the game where you could you can't you can't there, there's 11 or let's see you start with three so there's eight ship missile expansions that gives you a total of 11 but you have to be in a certain area where you can open it i did like the command visor though the command visor is cool where you open the command visor and you have the ship icon and you can just blow it up like there's a golem in the middle of the grand court on brio that you can't you can't do anything with it until you get ship missiles and then you can blow it up in there. Um, I think there's a missile expansion at the bottom of it, but um, that, I guess it, I guess it was supposed to replace power bombs because that, but you can't do it at any time. And that's why I hated it because power bombs, you could literally just, Oh, Hey, I want to see what this does. Let me just shit out a power bomb right here. And yeah. And if you get enough power bomb expansions, it's not a problem. Hey, I got 10 power bombs. I can waste one. Yeah. No, maybe we can waste two. 
Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I remember the Emperor Ing fight at the end of you know Prime Two when you're when you're trying to magnetically that part is really frustrating to me, but it is cool. But like those enemies are constantly knocking you off, and <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just power bomb the shit out of them. I was like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> yep. If you do it just right, um, I think it's only supposed to allow you to destroy one of those little pods at a time. Yeah. But if you do it just right. You can get you can get all of the ones in the surrounding area, and I actually beat that part in like four with four different power bombs. I got yeah. I think there was like ten or eleven little pods that you have to blow up, and the the little ink creatures on the side really helped because they were constantly dropping power bomb pickups, and yeah. I, I like it I felt like I, I oh yeah, and the first time I played Prime Two was for the GameCube. I swear they they updated. Um, they updated the amount of pickups you get in boss fights for the the trilogy. And so it felt like a little easier. It felt a little easier to make it through those fights, you know, because I remember the first time fighting Emperor Ng, um, I struggled quite a bit. I died like five or six times. And yeah, it's probably, it, it probably helps that I'm a lot older and I'm a lot better at video games. But I mean, man, it was hard when I was a kid. <laughs> me too. I almost beat Prime Prime 2 100%. I collected every pickup. And I just got to the point where you fight Emperoring. This was on the GameCube version, and I never beat him. He was just so hard. But this time, I didn't have too much of a difficulty with it. I mean, it took a couple tries, and I'm thankful yeah. that the game saves after you beat him. Thank God. Yep. Because <laughs> you scan that save station, and it's like, you cannot use this. And I was like, fuck. So if I fuck up, then I'm going to have to... Because I know you fight Dark Samus. I already knew that that was in the countdown at the end of the game. You do have to fight her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, so if I if I die, I'm gonna lose. So and I did die because I couldn't quite figure out how to beat Dark Samus. I didn't figure out that you had to collect the Phazon in the air, which, by the way, doesn't work very well. I don't know if anyone else had difficulty with that, but I, <laughs> I felt did. every time I was I trying to, so they, much. I was looking online. Everybody was like, "Yeah, just hold the charge beam. It's not that hard." But every time I did, I just got damaged instead. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's if you move. Honestly, I think they designed it to where if you try to move to collect them all, kind of like a vacuum cleaner, if you try to like get them up, that's when they damage you the most. But if you stand still, it just pulls them straight in. And I didn't realize that until like the third or fourth attempt. And at this point, there's three minutes and 30 seconds left in the fight, and this bitch still has half her health left. And so I'm panicking, trying to figure out, okay, okay, I need to get this done. And so I just figured out that standing still makes it a lot easier than trying to sweep because she's literally just sitting there absorbing energy and just building up these attacks and that those missiles that she fires at you does a lot of damage i think they do like 75 damage per hit yeah, too it's it it's ridiculous those. which otherwise the fight isn't too hard i mean most of her attacks i felt like were, were actually fairly easy to avoid and it was pretty yep. obvious whenever the scan tells you you can't use the dark visor you can't use the dark visor oh okay so i use the echo visor cool <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that was it but uh but yeah that that whole part i don't think i ever figured out i think i was moving back and forth but i, I managed to beat her by chance what i found out was 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 better was not moving the 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 uh the reticule too much because I was thinking mm-hmm. back, and I was like, in the original GameCube version, you don't move it. It just stays still. So what if I just hold it? And then it suddenly it worked better for me when I wasn't trying to move my charge beam to collect the pieces. Yep. And uh, one thing I really like about the controls is that you can turn off the lock-on free aim. And so you can make it to where when you lock on an enemy, it's like the original games. Like your, your, oh, your arm cannon stays still. Okay. And so I really like that because you can you can focus on your enemy and 
Um, if you can, I think you can wiggle a little bit and break out and like do free aim, but I never really liked to do that because I liked, especially with that dark Samus fight, it's easier to just focus on her. Okay, so I never turned off lock on free aim. Um, mostly cause I mean, I did like the ability. I mean, I did like the compromise you can lock on, but, and you're like, your missiles will home in, but like you can still, um, you can still free aim when you need to, but maybe yeah. it, w- it would have been easier in some parts to turn that off. I know I like how Prime Three takes advantage of it. There are definitely some enemies that you're meant to to hit the the um you're meant to to free aim at things, you know, yeah. like the Berserker Lords and Berserker Knights and Berserkers. Um, <laughs> rage <laughs> filled my heart. <laughs> you said Berserker Lord, and rage filled my heart. <laughs> it's the first boss you fight and then they just appear out of in different parts and of course they get easier to beat but they're still annoying yeah like one charged hyper mode shot or one charged hyper beam shot they're dead done is it really yep you hold it all the way you have to charge it all the way though because when you hold it it's i think your shot lasts like five or six seconds i love that that's that's one of my favorite things in prime three um, the hyper beam fully charged because it's just a continuous wave of phase yeah. on coming out of your, but it lasts like five or six seconds. And one of those will take a berserker Lord out. It's great. I think I was a little bit more, more conservative with my ammunition and with hyper mode between mm-hmm. the games. I think that was one problem is I felt like I didn't get to enjoy using the power bombs as much or hyper mode as much. Cause I just didn't want to waste all of my, my ammunition or all my energy but with yeah. with prime three i i kind of did like how i mean, essentially i would use hyper mode whenever i was forced to or if something was just too difficult and i felt like i could clear it pretty easily you know there are certain enemies that are more uh, weak to phase on or when enemies go into hyper mode you go mm-hmm. into hyper mode to, to beat them um there was one part that really frustrated me and i just thought about it kind of random but <laughs> you know the one part in the pirate homeworld before you get the nova beam and you're just fighting all these pirates so yes. I beat this before and I guess I forgot because whenever I was playing it again recently I was just fucking trying to kill all the pirates and then they kept coming and I was like when the yep. fuck do they stop and then I realized you have to make the, you have to make them you know uh, launch into that that um, whatever the fuck that thing is up at the top that sucks them in and it looks then, like a sound system honestly it and looks then you like have speakers that come down yep. <laughs> and you have to do it four times You have to. I, I tried to save one of the weaker pirates yeah, and then as soon as do. that system comes in just kill it and then they fly up it's so funny watching them just like it hold is. on for dear life in the middle <laughs> and he just it's great that was yeah, great um, oh dude that it's so cool the Nova Beam is awesome I love it Mm-hmm. It, um, now that I'm thinking about the beam stacking, you know, I have a deeper appreciation for it because the Nova Beam is awesome. It allows you to go to Elysia and get the final map data for the pirate homeworld so you can find where all the pickups are. And you can just sh- – the green – I love green. That, that green beam. And I, I love how each of the beams – represent the arm cannon shape of different iconic beams from the first game. Like the plasma beam looks like the dark beam and the ice beam from the, uh, from the first two games, the, uh, the Nova beam, when you get, it looks like the wave beam and the light beam from the first two games. It's really cool. And hyper mode is like a combination of those two. And I, I just, I do miss the beam selection, but it was really cool saying, okay, cool. I have this little, 
I, it, I like the way it looks. Speaking of the beams of the first two games, I remember connecting everything and learning that pretty much every item in Metroid Prime 2, even if it's by a different name, is basically the same items as in Metroid Prime 1. I mean, because the light beam is essentially the plasma beam, although you have to charge it to get the burning effect. Same thing with yep. the dark beam. You get the freezing effect when you charge it, like the ice beam. And then mm -hmm. the functionally, the annihilator beam does act a lot similar to the wave beam when it comes to the, the sonic mm -hmm. equipment. Um, which is similar to using the thermal visor and 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 the wave beam and prime one. So and I did like the dark visor was the X-ray visor. The uh, and the echo visor was functionally in a lot of ways similar to the thermal visor. Mm -hmm. So in terms of solving puzzles and whatnot, so that was pretty cool. Although adding the um, adding the screw attack, awesome. I mean, it doesn't work. Space jump and screw attack don't work the same way they do in the other games, but it's still fun as hell to just. It would be OP. Blow into enemies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just blow everything up. I think I think they did a good job limiting it to five jumps with the screw attack, and it does open a lot more opportunities for you to go and explore places. But it would have been absolutely broken if they had just said, "Yeah, you can just jump forever." Yeah, it works and, and in the space 2D jump games. is just a double jump. In the original games, mm -hmm. I know space jump is what allows you to continuously float. And mm -hmm. screw attack is what gives you that that damaging edge. Prime One kind of did a little bit differently. The space jump boots um, allow you to just do a, a, a double jump, and then screw attack gives you additional jumps, but only five plus that energy. Mm -hmm. Do you ever remember doing ghetto screw attacks in the two D games? Oh, like wall jumping up, like kick climbing, that kind uh, of stuff? No, like whenever, it's called a ghetto screw attack by the community. It's when you hold the charge beam while you're space jumping. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I completely forgot about that. And some enemies it'll kill and other enemies it'll damage you and damage them a little bit. And so, yeah. yeah. It's a way of, of, <laughs> of uh, screw attack before you could. And then uh, shine sparking. Oh, my God. How many fucking shine spark puzzles? Oh, man. I remember I got every pickup in Metroid Zero Mission. And I did all the Shine Spark puzzles, even the Morph Ball ones. They're fucking mm -hmm. hard as hell. But you, yeah. if you do it enough times, then you get it down. <laughs> Shine Spark is one of my favorite abilities in the Metroid series, honestly. Because when you get that speed and that momentum and you stop, and it showed, the animation shows Samus like stop and lean down and then just launches herself. Yeah. Especially, I think Other M did it really, really well other with M that effect. Well. And, oh, God. <laughs> other M, that's a whole other conversation. Ooh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love that. And I think the one, I only 100%ed Metroid Other M, or Metroid Other M, uh, Metroid Zero Mission once. And yeah, those Shine Spark puzzles are ridiculous. Like, you have to angle them perfectly. And when it doesn't work, you just want to throw the Game Boy across the room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just, ah, it's frustrating. Ghetto Shine, or Ghetto Screw Attack, though. I love that. <laughs> a lot of fun there's I love so many that. cool things and i love how the metroid series overall you know has encouraged uh speed running and even sequence breaking to an extent although they patched a lot of that in the, the prime trilogy version but yeah. um but yeah uh it looks like we're heading up on an hour here so i guess we'll go ahead and wrap things up but i mean there's yeah, still man. so much to talk about <laughs> oh man we should we should definitely uh do this again sometime or just you know talk about more metroid related stuff this has been a blast and i really appreciate you having me yeah no um, problem, man. feel free to come on any episode i mean we, we encourage guests um i'll let you know what's coming up and you know as far as this bonus round goes it's anything goes i decide as is per episode what i want to do so all right man well thank you so much ashley you know this has been an absolute blast and uh 
man, it feels good to finally sit down and have a conversation with somebody about one of my favorite game trilogies of all time. You know, Metroid, Samus. Samus is one of my favorite characters of all time. She's my main in Smash forever and always. And yeah. you know, I just I appreciate it. It's been a blast. No problem, man. Yeah, Metroid for me is one of been one of my favorite series, probably right after Zelda. Like my second yeah. favorite game series. And I think the Prime yep. trilogy overall is is my favorite part of the Prime series. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. just one last thing um, is we'll talk about what what's our favorite game in the trilogy. For me, it's Prime One. That, that, that's mm-hmm. just. That's the game that I have just absolutely massacred on multiple levels. It's just I can get through it without I, – I, I think that's the only Prime game that I can definitely get through without getting any objective notifications. Like, yeah, screw you. You guys aren't telling me anything. I'm already headed there. <laughs> I'm already halfway there. <laughs> so, so definitely Prime 1 just because of how it made me feel as a kid, um, the phase on minds and just the fear aspect of being there and being so alone while you're just dealing with all of that stuff. I, I love it so much. So prime one for me. How about you? Uh, it's hard to say. Cause I like them all for different reasons. I mean, I definitely see prime one as, I mean, it's still considered one of the greatest video games of all time. It's between that yep. and super Metroid as being the ocarina of time of the Metroid franchise. Mm-hmm. But there are some holdbacks from prime one that I do like that the other games do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, Prime 2 has always kind of drawn me in. I like the Dark Aether aspect. I don't know why. It's maybe for the same reason about Met, uh, Majora's Mask. There's a gameplay aspect that you think would be punishing, but it actually makes the game, it like enhances the game. Yeah. And then there's Prime 3, which introduced the controls and is the most technically advanced game, but also misses out on some of the atmosphere of the mm-hmm. previous games and that you know there's more dialogue and there's less of that isolated feeling and it does feel a little bit more linear. But I guess if I had to pick, Prime Two is the one that always seems to draw me in, and it's yeah. a good. I think it's a good compromise between Prime One and Prime Three. Oh man, uh, just I know I just finished all three of the games, but now that we've talked about it, I'll probably start a new file tonight. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I'm probably gonna play some more too. Definitely. Oh, man. But um, yeah, you can find Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're trying to get on uh, Pandora. I actually recently started that process. We have our RSS feed on Podbean. You can find us on Chill Lover Radio, iHeartRadio, um, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like Collateral Gaming and you love movies, check out Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast, our parent podcast. It's where I started out on. I'm on that show, and if you know my brother Dakota from the show, he's on there as well. And so we have a lot of fun talking about movies. We just finished our season finale on Best Friends. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Season three finale. We're starting up season four. Collateral Gaming is in season two, starting up season three. But Best Friends is the movie starring Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero for the first time since The Room. Tommy so that was a fun. Woo! I love Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yes, sir. I did not hit we, her. I did not. <laughs> it's bullshit. I did not hit her. Yeah. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, we, we did, as, a, as an indie game review, we did The Room, the Flash version, the Flash game. Oh, beautiful absolutely <laughs> beautiful i wish i could have been there for that that is that was oh. our, our holiday special <laughs> but um yeah stay tuned we're gonna be talking about action 52 
one of the worst video games of all time. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then our season finale on Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Awesome. Yes, sir. Oh, so, thank you no, so much for having me. Yeah, no problem, Zach. It was fun having you on. Let me know if you ever want to be on, man. I mean, definitely there's going to be probably some more Metroid games we'll talk about at some point. So, Yes, sir. And if you guys ever want to talk Zelda, I'm all for that, too. Because, oh, favorite series of all time. That is my so. favorite series of all time. So we are actually are going to be talking about Zelda next season. I'll go ahead and reveal that. Our season premiere is going to be Majora's Mask. Oh, <laughs> looking forward to that, man. All right. Well. Thanks for being on, man. I guess um, that being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. This is Collateral Gaming. We are out. Collateral Gaming is an L Company production. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor. <laughs>